0: ABC, New York, and one oh seven one WLIR, Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick Sports, Lou Dobbs Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC.
1: Yep, that's me. Five o'clock. Good morning. It is Monday, May 15th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Just a beautiful day on the way. Sunshine. High 77 tonight overnight night clear low 59 and then tuesday sun and clouds high 83 if you're walking out the door with us right now 52 in clear in montauk out on long island 47 in clear in booton new jersey and it is 53 and clear here in midtown so much to get to as we work our way up six o'clock hour, sit and friends in the morning yesterday was mother's day hope you had a nice one My mother, uh, may she rest in peace, used to always say the best meals are the meals that you have at home. And I kind of agree with her. And she wasn't even that great of a cook, but she was an okay cook. But she knew how to, you know, put out like 15 different dishes. Everybody's satisfied. You're sitting around a table. You never get kicked out. So every celebration can be as long as you want it to be. So we didn't go by that yesterday. We decided to get the whole family together for Mother's Day. And we took my mother-in-law out and we went And met her in downtown Scarsdale. Now, I'm not going to say the name of the restaurant, but the nothing worse when a restaurant gives you a bad meal. And it was breakfast, by the way. We were there for a Mother's Day brunch. There was probably maybe 20 of us. I mean, there was a lot of us around the table. We got a lot of the kids, the grandkids. Everybody was there and um it was brunch right i mean it's eleven thirty in the morning they're serving breakfast how do you screw up breakfast well this restaurant not only did they have just a god-awful breakfast and it's a pretty well-known restaurant but they messed up the meals like uh half of the table got served and then they forgot about the other half of the table thankfully i was on the half of the table that got served and i kept saying hey you know do you want me to wait for the meal to come and of course they would say no and but then i Bit into mine and it was awful. I just pushed the plate away. So there it is. And then when you go to pay the check after that, that's even worse. It wasn't even a cheap place. Check comes. It it was, I will say this. It was enjoyable to be very enjoyable to be with a large amount of the family, the kids, grandkids, the moms celebrating the moms. But, um, boy, you know, some places they just don't got to have their act together on Mother's Day. No less. They screwed it up anyway. All right, let's get into the headlines.
0: The top five at five.
1: Migrants keep rolling into the Port Authority bus station. A bizarre shooting outside of 7-Eleven in Queens. The chokehold Marine has raised some serious cash for his defense. A Brooklyn family finally finds out where their dad is. And why did Ken Rosado get the boot from Eyewitness News? All right, let's get into it. 503, a strange story over the weekend out of Queens. Police continue to search for a gunman who randomly shot at an off-duty NYPD cop and his parents. Let's get the latest now from live from WABC's
2: Alex Barnard. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Noam. And yes, that's right. This happened outside a 7-Eleven on Queens Boulevard just after 11 p.m. Friday night. The 36-year-old officer had gotten out of his car and went into the convenience store with his 71-year-old father while his 65-year-old mother waited in the car. That's when the officer's father noticed a suspicious person with a a shotgun sitting on top of his vehicle. John Martin, who lives across the street from the 7-Eleven, told ABC7 exactly what he saw.
3: I heard two loud noises, and they didn't sound like a car, sound like that has to be gunshots, even though I've never heard gunshots before because they're very loud and percussive. And that's it.
2: The cop immediately told his dad they should go back to the car and check up on his mother, and that's when they were shot at. The suspect fired twice at the passenger side window, shattering the glass before driving off in what cops believe is a gray Toyota Sienna. Andrew Sutton, a resident who told reporters that the incident looked like a hit, had one message for the shooter.
3: Turn yourself in because you're going to make it harder on yourself. They're going to hunt you down. Simple as that. Simple as that. You're in New York City. You shoot at an off-duty cop. (laughs) You're You're going to go down. There's no questions asked.
2: Both the officer and his family are okay, with the officer sustaining minor injuries from the shards of glass. Thankfully, no one was struck by the gunfire.
1: All right, so none of the bullets hit the parents or the police officer, correct?
2: Or anyone standing around in the area. Luckily, no one was hit. But interesting that one of the eyewitnesses thought it looked like a hit job. It is kind of interesting. I suspect there might be a second part to this story that may come out in a few days. Who knows?
1: So there's no official word from the NYPD one way or another. They just say they're looking for this guy.
2: Yeah, at the moment, they're still searching for this suspect. Yeah, very strange. All right,
1: WABC's Alex Barnard, thank you very much. Let's go down to the U.S. Southern Border. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas says the U.S. Border Patrol has experienced a 50% drop in encounters since last Thursday. At midnight, that's when Title... 42 ended. We've been planning
0: for this transition for months and months, and we've been executing on our plan, and we will continue to do so.
1: Mayorkas says the Border Patrol reported 6,300 encounters on Friday, but 4,200 on Saturday. Said so they say the numbers keep going down. The
0: United States Border Patrol has experienced a 50% drop in the number of encounters versus what we were experiencing earlier in the week. Approximately, 6,300 uh, on Friday and about 4,200 yesterday. And we saw over 10,000 before the end of Title 42.
1: Yes, yeah, so that has been the experience for at least some of the mayors uh, in towns on the U.S.-Mexico border. Uh, the mayor of El Paso says actually he thinks Mayorkas has done an OK job helping them out.
0: Mayorkas, FEMA. They really stepped up to help us make sure that we do the job of the federal government.
1: Yeah, so he says that uh, uh, Majorca's uh, helped with El Paso, so they could be prepared for whatever came. We
0: have two schools
3: that were that were
0: emptied, that were not being used. We've opened it up to be ready to help the asylum seekers, filled out the documents, get moving forward, and then the ones that couldn't figure that out, they were returned.
1: And then uh, in Laredo, which is another uh, southeast Texas border town, uh, they say they're still on high alert, but say thankfully they have not been overwhelmed since Title 42 went away last Thursday midnight.
0: Everything that we have been doing since the declaration of emergency has held up.
1: That's Mayor Victor Trevino, says the big flow many were predicting, thankfully, has not arrived. We're at capacity most
0: of the time in our hospitals. And ambulances sometimes have to wait outside the emergency room or one or two hours before we can treat patients. But he says uh, ultimately they were ready. The amount of migrants we're expecting initially is not here yet. And a lot of things have to do with Mexico taking some migrants
1: Yeah, so there's a lot of back and forth on this. WABC News Time 509 talking about the migrants coming over the border. The White House, by the way, over the weekend, denying claims that authorities are allowing or encouraging a mass release of migrants at the border.
4: Migrants who do not have a lawful basis to remain will be quickly removed just like 1.4 million migrants who were expelled last year alone. So that's the truth.
1: That's the White House press secretary. This
0: is a decision that was made by President Joe Biden.
1: Okay, this is the Republicans pushing back at that thought. They say that they think some of this is being done on purpose. This is
0: a decision that was made by President Joe Biden to open up the border to what is nothing less than an invasion.
1: His interim final rule to just speed people into the
5: country is an excellent example of them just making up the laws which we are the ones, we write the laws in Congress. He executes the laws, right, as the executive branch.
1: That's a Texas Congressman Mark Green. He took an oath to the Constitution, right? And, and his job is to ex- execute the laws, not write them or make them up himself. Yeah, so Republicans, of course, pointing the blame, uh, for the migrants crossing the border on the Democrats. You got the Democrats saying it's, uh, every administration over the last 20 years, uh, shares blame. That as busloads of migrants from the Texas border continue to roll into the Port Authority. Over the weekend, you had New York City public advocate Jamani Williams was actually at the Port Authority on hand to welcome those migrants.
3: Last time I was here. The difference, one of the
1: differences, is there's, there's a lot more kids, a lot more babies, a lot more families. The buses take about three days to get from the southern border to Manhattan. Williams calling on the feds, like the mayor is, to help pay for the millions it's going to cost to house these migrants. And we're getting a little bit of a better idea of where these migrants are going to go. Uh, New York City is going to turn an iconic hotel into what will be a processing center for all the migrants coming in. It's the Roosevelt hotel, uh, which has been closed since the pandemic off Madison Avenue. Um, The shuttered hotel, which closed during the pandemic, will be used as temporary housing. A member of Project Arusu says uh, he likes the fact that the hotel will be used to process migrants that end up here.
5: I'm excited about the intake center because it will help families meet a, a, a number of essential immediate needs all in one place right when they arrive.
1: So the Roosevelt Hotel now opening 175 rooms for families. They plan to open an additional 675 rooms later this week.
5: I love that there's going to be school enrollment and access to medical services and access to legal services and access to reunification uh, opportunities for families that were separated all in one place.
1: That's a help group that helps resettle these migrants. On the Upper West Side yesterday at City Councilwoman Gail Brewer brought presence to the migrants staying in the hotel there
4: just to say happy mother's day to these amazing amazing moms welcome them because i have to say they want to participate in our society badly otherwise they wouldn't have made all those sacrifices
1: but there's a lot of people, of course, who are very unhappy about this. Migrants are now going to be housed in a gym at Public School 188, the Michael E. Bertie School in Coney Island. Those uh, preparing to house migrants at PS 172 in Sunset Park, PS 189 in Crown Heights. Now, some of these schools are empty, but others do have kids attending. And the parents uh, who have kids going to the schools wonder how that's all going to work.
2: These are young children there, so... No one wants to take a chance with their child. When you bring people over, you have to have a better um, place for them to be.
1: The P.S. City says P.S. 188 location being used on a short-term basis. They say it will not impact school operations, but uh, more parents asking lots of questions today. We
6: don't know what kind of disease they have. There's a COVID already. He wants to help people, but it's not the safe way. I tell him to go to Gracie Mansion.
2: Mayor Mayor Adams is is taking this thing a little too far. Yeah, little
1: parents there upset, saying, hey, they don't want the migrants there. They want to know who they are before they move into the community. Up in Yonkers, officials, including the mayor, say they barely got any notice that migrant families would be staying at a ramada there. And it's not clear how many or... When they all will be arriving, here's Yonkers, Yonkers City Council member Anthony Marante.
2: What resources do we need? And, how, and if we do end up using up our own resources, are we going to get reimbursed from Eric Adams? I don't know. All I know is he's paying for the hotels. This is not the spot for uh, extended stay.
1: Marante says he would also like to know how long the migrants will be there. They have uh, similar complaints about a lack of heads up from City Hall as these spaces, these schools uh, across the city say they didn't get much of a heads up. So here's the number we have from. Just the last four or five days, they're not giving us real specific here, but it seems New York City took in 4,200 migrants just over the last week alone. So you can imagine the, how they are scrambling to find spaces for all of these migrants. Uh, Yonkers Mayor Mike Spano says he hasn't gotten much alert about when these migrants are going to show up either. We
6: want to do our part, but we need uh, we need a better plan. And and uh, the better plan here is any plan. Cause there is no plan.
1: Yeah. Okay. So we got more to get to one more last part of this story that involves people who were set to get married at these hotels or house their guests at these hotels where migrants are now staying. What's going to happen to them? We'll get into that in part of the story just coming up in a moment. But first five fifteen, let's head over to the 77 W ABC sports desk and say good morning to Justin Ellis. Good morning, Noam Layden. Happy
5: uh, Monday morning. We're all very, uh, very excited, very thrilled to be here. Big weekend of sports to get to here. We'll start on the diamond. The Mets essentially a split a doubleheader in Washington against the Nats, losing the completion of Saturday night's rainout by a score of 4-2 to before bouncing back with a convincing 8-2 win in the second game. Mets fans uh, breathed a collective sigh of relief, watching Max Scherzer turn in a very steady performance in his return from neck spasms. The righty only allowed one earned run on two hits over five innings pitched. The Mets go for the four-game series win this afternoon at 4.05 p.m. in D.C. It'll be David Peterson and Uh, getting a start against Washington's Patrick Corbin. And now for the Yankees, who went back and forth with the uh, first-place Rays all weekend long in a very exciting four-game set in the Bronx, losing the finale yesterday 8-7 to to register a series split and remain eight games back of Tampa Bay. So they don't make any headway in that deficit. They'll head north to Toronto next for a four-game series with the Blue Jays, set to begin tonight at 7.07 p.m. Eastern time. The Yanks have yet to name starter to go up against Toronto's Alec Manoa, following the Knicks' 96 92 loss on Friday night to end their season. The Miami Heat awaited the winner of the Boston Celtics-Philadelphia 76ers series to see who they'd tip it off with in the Eastern Conference Finals. They got their answer yesterday in the Celtics, who asked the Sixers by a score of 112-88. to In Game 7, the matchup between Boston and Miami is set to get underway Wednesday night in Boston. As for the Western Conference Finals, the Lakers and Nuggets look forward to Game 1 tomorrow night in Denver. And also news out of the NBA not pertaining to on-court performance. The Memphis Grizzlies have suspended John Morant again from all-team activities after a video again. Showing the star guard again holding a gun began circulating on social media Saturday night. The Grizzlies announced the suspension, which is pending a league review in a statement yesterday, two months after the NBA suspended Moran over a similar incident. Pretty much the same exact thing. The team did not provide further comment. So we'll see where that story goes, but things not looking good for the superstar out of memphis on the ice vegas eliminates edmonton in game six by a score of five to two they'll meet the winner of seattle and dallas in the western conference final the east is set
1: with florida moving on to face it off with carolina here with sports on 77 wabc i'm justin Alec. wabc news time 519 so we told you about 4200 migrants arrived here in new york over the last week and uh and to make room for them some veterans have been pushed out of some hotel rooms and then we had this story of two couples who are set to get married in the hudson valley they were going to house their guests at the crossroads hotel this one couple from queens all set to get married next week they had booked a ton of rooms at this hotel they heard about the migrants being housed there so they called the hotel and they said hey what's up with us for next weekend are we going to have our hotel rooms and the woman on the other side of the phone said no you don't have your rooms any longer hectic unbelievable we have family coming from ireland england canada ecuador japan That's Sean and Nicole, so they say they were pretty shocked by this, trying to figure out what they're going to do now.
6: I figured that it would probably be a situation where they would be there, but we'd also be there, and it would just be fine. When we called the manager, she basically verbally informed us that, no, we've cancelled all the blocks for the next few months. Like, if we hadn't called them, they wouldn't have called us or emailed us. Yeah, what's up
1: with that? Another couple, Gary Moretti and Deanna Mesfud, are getting married on June 24th, so they have a little more time, but same thing. 15 rooms booked at the Crossroads Hotel. They called. They're told, you know, their rooms have been canceled as well. And they said if they hadn't called, uh, they might have been really messed up come June. Mind blowing. You're just yeah. going
3: in circles because nobody wants to say anything. No. And then and then they just hang up on you.
6: There's really no excuse for not communicating with us. What matters is that we're there and that our friends and family can see us there. So in a way, like, it's kind of brought home what's most important about the whole thing.
1: Yeah, so he's trying to be optimistic about it. They're going to find other hotel rooms, but uh, that's messed up. you got to tell the couples, geez. And then finally, one last thing on the immigrants and the migrants coming across the border. Uh, Governor Cuomo was on the Cats Roundtable yesterday, 77 WABC. And um, he was talking about uh, how New York is doing its best to try to house these migrants and who's to blame for all this. Before
3: you invite people into the country, you have to know that you have the resources to handle it. And they didn't. And now what the Republican governors did was despicable. I mean, I get their point. Uh, Texas did and Florida did. Sending immigrants around the country like there were pawns were really uh, was despicable. But their point was You're overwhelming the border states. Right. Uh, And it's gotten to a point where it's it's overwhelmed cities all across the country. You look at New York City now, John, what's happening to New York City, and Mayor Eric Adams. uh, It's one of the major problems that the mayor has, which is really bizarre since immigration is not his problem
1: you can hear that whole interview by the way go to wabcradio.com and click on the minicast of the podcast and you can download that uh governor cuomo interview with john kastamatidis yesterday 522 let's go down to dc president biden remaining optimistic as debt ceiling talks with congressional leaders expected to pick up again this week i
4: remain optimistic because i'm a congenital optimist But I really think there's a desire on their
3: part as well as ours to reach agreement. I think we'll be able to do it.
1: Senator Chris Murphy, a fellow Democrat, he's actually not so optimistic that an agreement can be reached before the ceiling deadline, the debt ceiling deadline, which is June 1st. If
3: we want to get serious about deficit reduction, then you have to put tax increases for billionaires and corporations on the table.
1: Yes. So it's all about the blame game here. The Connecticut Democrat putting the blame on House Speaker Kevin McCarthy for failed talk so
3: far. The only leader who says we are going to light the American economy on fire if we can't get an agreement in the next 10 to 14 days is Kevin McCarthy. Joe Biden, even Mitch McConnell have said that if we can't get an agreement in the next few weeks, default is off the table.
1: Yeah, all right. So apparently, they're all sides going to meet again later this week. Five twenty-three. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in Iowa over the weekend for a big rally, reportedly nearing an announcement that he's going to finally jump into the race for the White House, twenty twenty-four.
3: According to NBC News, the governor is moving his political operation to a new base of operation on Monday. That will trigger disclosure requirements. The move will require his office registers, files financial reports, and designates a principal campaign committee. DeSantis's office will be required to file paperwork with federal election officials within 15 days of the move both DeSantis and former president Donald Trump the two favorites to win the GOP nomination are scheduled to appear today in Iowa I'm Brad Siegel.
1: It is interesting. The only two people we're talking about in the race for the White House on the Republican side are Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. But, you know, there's all these other people who've announced, and one of them, of course, Nikki Haley, the former governor of South Carolina. She announced a long time ago, and uh she can't make news no matter what. But I uh, hear she could have. Uh, she was asked about the case down in lower Manhattan against former President Trump uh, found legally liable for sexual assault and defamation. So they said, what do you think about the results of that case? And for some, that would be a slow pitch softball that you could hit out of the ballpark, but not for Nikki Haley.
3: Anyone that feels like they have been sexually assaulted in any way should come forward and have their voice heard i also think anyone that's been accused should be able to defend themselves
1: it is interesting you would think uh, here's your chance to go after the former president or go after anybody but she's uh she just won't do it here she was part of that interview yesterday there's a
3: verdict and i think there's been an appeal and i think it stands where it stands and i think the american people need to make a decision based on that
1: 525 A swarm of moderate to large earthquakes continues to rattle North California.
0: The largest was magnitude 5.5. And then we had a a large aftershock that was
1: a 5.2. That's uh, Paul Caruso. He's a geophysicist at the National Earthquake Center, the main quake. And 21 aftershocks all centered uh, near uh, Plumas County, which is about 110 miles northeast of Sacramento. But people some 260 miles away in San Francisco say they felt the shaking from the 5.5 trembler.
0: Well, the quakes were actually underground, at a depth of about 4.5 miles underground.
1: Yeah, uh, people, though, say they're, they weren't worried. You know, they felt the house shaking, the ground shaking. Well,
0: we can't predict earthquakes. There's always a very small chance that these could be foreshocks.
1: Yeah. The uh, body of a Texas man who disappeared into a flooded Houston bayou while trying to save a couple of kids recovered over the weekend. Police dive teams made the discovery... Uh, on Saturday. The description is similar to
4: that of the individual that was uh went missing saving the two children on Wednesday.
1: This was a big story down in Texas. Houston Police Commander Steven Spears says the man was a hero for what he did. Miguel Kazava saw a group of kids playing near the water during flooding there last week. A pair of 12 year olds got too close to the water. They fell in. So Kazava dove into the water to get the kids to safety. He did, but the current was too fast and uh, he'd never made it out. The dive
4: teams wanted to get out Wednesday, but the current was too high. And then finally the water came down and water temperature allowed us to find a body and a bio. Unfortunately.
1: Yeah. A terrible story. He
4: risked his life to save these kids. He's a hero. He
1: did everything he could. We're just getting started on this Monday morning. The Marine uh, uh, arrested and charged in the chokehold death of a homeless man on the subway. He's been raising some serious cash. We'll get into that story before the morning is out. A Brooklyn family finally finds out what happened to their dad who's been missing since January. Why did Ken Rosado get booted from Eyewitness News? We'll try to figure that out before the uh, morning is out and um a review of the movie Guardians of the Galaxy the uh, part 3 we'll get that as well but first this at 529
0: The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. On 77 WABC. Sometimes entertaining. Sometimes serious. Always compelling. This is Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking the news with Noah. On 77 WABC. This is the seventy-seven WABC News Hour with Noah Layden.
1: Yep, that's May five thirty-two. Good morning. It is Monday, May fifteenth. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center: beautiful day on the way, sunshine. High seventy-seven tonight. Overnight clear, low fifty-nine. Tuesday, sun and clouds, high eighty-three. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. Fifty-two and clear out in Montauk. Out on Long Island, forty-seven and clear in Booton, New Jersey. Jersey, and it is 53 and clear here in Midtown. We will start this half hour talking about the Marine charged in the deadly chokehold of a homeless man on an F train. Now, two weeks ago, New Yorkers have been reacting to this story. Of course, over the weekend, everybody having their own opinion. The lawyer for the Marine uh, accused of that chokehold attack, um, uh, some say, should be celebrated for those actions. In fact, um, the Lawyer Tom Kenneth came on 77 W.A.B.C. He was on two shows. He was on Sid and Friends in the Morning on Friday and on um, uh, Katz and Cosby also on Friday.
6: I think i incredibly confident that when everything is fleshed out, Mr. Penny will be absolved of any wrongdoing here. There's, there's very little doubt in my
1: mind. Tom uh, Kenneth, there talking about Daniel Penny, he says, put himself in harm's way for the benefit of others. So uh, New Yorkers reacting to the fact that he was arrested, uh, charged with manslaughter, will have to appear back in court come July. It should
4: have been a murder charge because he killed the kid.
6: And if there was a legitimate reason why he put that man in a chokehold, then I don't think anything should happen.
4: He
1: didn't realize what he was
4: doing, I guess.
1: Yeah, so everybody's taken aside in this case. Meanwhile, the legal defense fund for Daniel Penny that's uh, been started online as of this morning has raised almost $2 million. He did so
6: voluntarily and with the sort of dignity and integrity that is characteristic of his history of service to this grateful nation. Dealing with the situation, like I said, with the sort of integrity and honor uh, that is characteristic of who he is, characteristic of his honorable service in the United States Marine Corps.
1: That's a calm kind of talking about the moment after Penny turned himself in on Friday. There's been more than 25,000 donors to his defense fund. And again, uh, the uh, final tally or the tally as of, the, as of this morning, it's still open, is two, almost $2 million. It was like one nine seven when I looked at it about 4.30 this morning. Uh, former Governor David Patterson, he was on Katz Roundtable over the weekend talking with John. And he says this Marine should have never been charged in the first place.
4: I think sometimes in the moment, even if he was a Marine... He did something because he he saw danger for other people and tried to prevent it, and I, I don't think he earned the. He did not meet the threshold where I think you charge someone. Let's say if he choked him and left him on the ground, and then came back and sat on the person, and and you have two separate actions, you might have done it in that case. But I, all the passengers seemed surprised that the individual lost his life, and look. The individual had his own problems. There were times, apparently, that he was pretty successful. He was a dancer. But on that particular day, and apparently on the day before, when he tried to throw someone on the subway tracks, uh, clearly his future, even if he had survived, was not going to be a positive one.
1: You can hear that whole interview with former Governor David Patterson by going to WABCradio.com. 535. President Biden delivering the commencement address over the weekend at Howard University, telling graduating class there that he was satisfied with life as a college professor after serving as vice president under Barack Obama until a woman was killed protesting the 2017 white supremacist rally in Charlottesville, Virginia. Famous quote,
4: there are very fine people on both sides. That's what I knew, and I'm not joking. That's when I
3: knew I had to stay engaged and get back into public life.
1: President Biden did not mention former President Trump by name during his speech at the historically black college in D.C. Howard University is also the alma mater of Vice President Kamala Harris.
3: Reject political extremism and reject political violence. Protect fundamental rights and freedom for women to choose, for transgender children to be free. 536,
1: let's go down to North Carolina. The governor of North Carolina... Formerly rejecting a GOP's backed abortion bill, hundreds of abortion rights activists looking on in rally over the weekend as Governor Roy Cooper applied his veto stamp to legislation known as Senate Bill 20.
0: This bill has nothing to do with making women safer and everything to do with banning abortion.
1: The measure would lower the window for abortions in North Carolina from 20 weeks to 12 and add other restrictions as well. It's unclear. If Republicans there can muster enough votes in North Carolina and the House and Senate there to override Cooper's veto.
0: Standing in the way of progress right now is this Republican supermajority legislature that only took 48 hours to turn the clock back 50 years on women's health.
1: WABC News Time 539. Celebration turning to tragedy in New Jersey on Friday as a teenage girl was killed in a car crash. She was... Just weeks from now, set to graduate from high school, Lauren Husky was supposed to be at her senior prom on Friday night along with her classmates at St. John Vianney High School in Homedale. but she never made it. The 18-year-old was in a car with her boyfriend Friday afternoon. They were driving to meet her parents for lunch, and the car crashed. She had
4: such a, a bright future ahead of her. To see this light just taken away from all of us all at
1: once is just... Yes, yeah, so police are not really sure exactly what happened. She was driving in the cheap Cherokee with her 17-year-old boyfriend. They crashed into a utility pole and flipped over. This was 12 noon in the afternoon. Husky was in the passenger seat. She was killed. Her boyfriend actually was left uh injured but not uh, critically so uh the family had already made it to this restaurant and they could not figure out why the two had not shown up so they did what lots of parents do they look on the phone the find me phoned uh and they were able to f- figure out where she was and they drove to the scene and then found out what had happened you can imagine how horrific that was
4: A beautiful person uh, very caring young lady intelligent um, If you knew Lauren, you knew what type of person she was. Her parents, unbelievable people. They didn't deserve this. No parent deserves this. As you can imagine, we're all heartbroken.
1: Again, uh, police still trying to work this traffic accident scene to figure out exactly what took place but either way just terrible story 540 one let's stay in new jersey for a moment a fire burning through a bunch of rooms uh, at a motel in elizabeth over the weekend it was early in the morning on saturday at the knights inn on spring street about 5 a.m one person taken away on a stretcher this guy he had actually moved to the motel after fire had ripped through his house and here he was he's again on Saturday morning being chased away by flames My house burned down
6: one time on Friday, and this is where I got sent to.
1: Yeah, a little hard to understand, but that's exactly basically parroting what I had just said, that he'd been chased away by flames before. No word yet exactly what ignited that blaze at the Knights Inn on Spring Street in Elizabeth. 542, the Tony Awards will not be televised this year because... The
3: The Hollywood Reporter says the Writers Guild on Friday denied a waiver request for the Broadway ceremony to broadcast and stream live next month. The show's organizers say they asked for the waiver because financially struggling Broadway productions depend on the Tony Awards for a box office bump. It remains unclear if the awards will be postponed or be presented in a non-televised production. The Tony Awards Management Committee will hold an emergency meeting on Monday to discuss the possibilities. I'm Brad Siegel. Getting
1: this word from the New Jersey Turnpike Authority that they're going to raise tolls again. New Jersey Turnpike Garden State Park drivers going to be digging deeper to pay for tolls in 2024. Uh, It'll be the fourth consecutive year of toll increases for people who take the Turnpike and the Garden State Parkway. So far they're not telling us how much they'll go up next year but what we can tell you is they definitely will go up next year. You'll be paying more to drive either of those roadways and you have no say in it whatsoever. They have these public hearings where you get to speak out but they've already usually decided what they're going to do even with those public hearings People yell, scream. They end up doing what they're going to want to do. Again, those tolls go up 2024, 20, but we don't know how much. Out to uh, Brooklyn. This is just one of those odd stories. The body. ...of a missing Brooklyn man found in a Connecticut park last week. 44-year-old Martin Wright was a former professional boxer known in his community for teaching at local gyms. He was first reported missing by his family back in January. and They just found him in recent days in this park. He was found in a shallow grave... Now, here's the part where the story gets even more bizarre is the police are pretty positive that it's his own brother who killed him and put him in that shallow grave. Was well, kids in Brooklyn, they were speaking out over the weekend saying, OK, at least now we know a little bit more about what happened to our father. The assumption was that he was no longer alive. And it's just unbelievable. So it's like basically trying to grasp onto
5: that reality. This actually occurred, you know. I'm hearing that it was bittersweet. Now, there's not, no nothing in our mind that's saying, okay, he could just bust through the door and say, "I'm here."
1: Yeah. So it was in April. His brother, uh, McMillan Wright, who's just a. Uh, two years older, arrested in Binghamton, New York, several charges, including possession of a weapon, possession of a controlled substance. They put the dots together and they say they're pretty sure he's the one who killed his own brother. Uh, They still need to now go look at this body, figure out what happened to uh, Martin Wright, and then figure out the charges. But the kids say, no, they're pretty sure that it was the brother who did it.
5: Something like this you couldn't really even see coming, if I'm being honest with you, because like I said, family... What I define as family, family wouldn't do that to each other. It definitely took us off guard um, just hearing that his brother could be the one to kill his own brother. A body is going to tell its own story, and also we get to get that closure and be able to send him off.
1: Yeah, the kids say finally they'll get to bury their father. All right, 545. Let's head over to the 77W ABC Sports Desk and Justin Ellis. Well, thank you, Noam Layden. We'll begin here on the Diamond.
5: The Mets essentially split a doubleheader in Washington against the Nats, losing the completion of Saturday night's rainout by a score of 4 2 before bouncing back with a convincing 8 2 win in the second game. Mets fans breathe a collective sigh of relief, watching Max Scherzer turn in a very steady performance in his return from neck spasms, the ready only allowing one earned run on two hits over five innings pitch. The Mets goes, uh, go for the four-game series win this afternoon at 4.05 p.m. in D.C. David Peterson will get the start against Washington's Patrick Corbin. Now for the Yankees, who went back and forth with the uh, first-place Rays all weekend long in the Bronx losing the finale yesterday 8-7 to to register a series split and remain eight games back of Tampa Bay. They'll head north to Toronto next for a four-game series with the Blue Jays set to begin tonight at 7.07 p.m. Eastern Time. The Yanks have yet to name a starter to go up against Toronto's Alec Manoa. And following the next 96-92 to loss on Friday night to end their season, the Miami Heat awaited the winner of the Boston Celtics Philadelphia 76ers series to see who they'd tip it off with in the Eastern Conference Finals. They got their answer yesterday in the Celtics, who ousted the Sixers by a score 112-88 in Game 7. The matchup between Boston and Miami is set to get underway Wednesday night in Boston. As for the Western Conference Finals, the Lakers and Nuggets look forward to Game 1 tomorrow night. In Denver and other news out of the NBA here not pertaining to the court, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies have suspended John Moran from all team activities again after a video showing the star guard holding a gun began circulating on social media Saturday night no this is not deja vu this actually happened a second time the Grizzlies announced the suspension which is pending a league review in a statement Sunday for yesterday two months after the NBA suspended Morant over a similar incident the what's team, up with him and, well I'm, clearly I don't know hmm. I'm the wait, you see me waving around a pistol on no, a, with, would, and how, when, how am I supposed to know what's wrong with God me? please don't I mean me. man once <laughs> it would be enough I, I thought I was reading
1: the same story all over again uh, me too I yeah. thought
5: it was I thought it just Resurface on, yeah. on Twitter or something, so but uh, nope, brand new clip. And it's actually kind of it's much harder to see in this one. Like I had to watch it a bunch of times and like pause it a bunch of times to kind of see where the gun was. But yeah, he's definitely holding a gun. For I sure. think
1: they have to kick him out of the league. No,
5: you gotta do something with the guy. No. I mean, or I, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, he, I know, he's really good at basketball, but at the same time, he's he's really stupid. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, <laughs> what do you value more your your skills on the court or just being like a just a, a functioning An member idiot. of society? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, on the ice uh, as well. Here, Vegas eliminates Edmonton in Game Six by a score of five to two. They'll meet the winner of Seattle and Dallas in the Western Conference Final. These to set though,
1: with Florida moving on to face it off with Carolina. Here's Sports on seventy seven WABC. I'm Justin Ellick Hey Joe, stay with us here for a second. Sure. Because you can help me with this story. You had a very long <laughs> and celebrated career with Eyewitness <laughs> News, correct? I, I don't know about celebrated, but yes, I was well, on there for a long time. I celebrated it. 25 years I was on there. Yeah, the 20, okay, that's yep. long and celebrated. So I'm sure you saw this story over the weekend. Ken yes. Rosado, longtime uh, anchor of Eyewitness News, given the boot after he allegedly made some sort of remark. It was on an open mic. It wasn't clear that it was even on the air. It might have been just something that was heard in the uh, studio itself. But apparently fired right away, like same day, they brought in the rest of the eyewitness crew. This according to page six, one Mm -hmm. by one, told them all that he had been let go. First of all, you know, I'm assuming, you know, Ken, he's like the nicest guy on the planet.
6: Uh, He's beyond that.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he's crazy nice. Yes. So it's hard to imagine even what he could have said to be fired. Now, I know we're living in a society where you can't say anything because people are offended by everything. But uh, I think, isn't that bizarre? I mean, like,
6: yeah. I, he doesn't have a history of doing this. It's a no. one-time thing. And 20-plus years of being there, you think they'd, uh, you know, suspend him or something. You know, they just they uh, got rid of him. Hey, li- listen, I, I, you put on those microphones, they're battery packs, you know, that you hook on your belt, and then the mic comes up through your jacket and it clips on the lapel or on your tie or whatever, and it's hot the whole time. It, right. It's never off. Um, so some, uh, there's something fishy about this whole thing. It's uh, it just doesn't seem to me to be, uh, something that's, um, on the up and up. I mean, obviously they fired him, uh, but I I wonder if they were, you know, he making a lot of money.
1: Right. So you think it's more, maybe they were just looking to get rid of him and they found
6: an excuse. I, I don't know. I I would hope not, but I, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Believe I, me, they're, they're. <laughs> Television business is uh, pretty cutthroat at times. It is. Well, I will
1: say his lawyer, very adamant about the fact that he did not say anything racial or there was no racial slur. It's 100 percent inaccurate and untrue if anybody says so. Uh, but 20 years or a little more than 20 years yeah, more, and yeah. then given. I mean, it's it, awfully know, strange.
6: And the other thing, no, only a couple of people could have heard it. The only people that heard it were the people in the control room.
1: Right. So maybe That's somebody the other there. Th-
6: it's only two or three people. And it's not like it used to be where there were 40 people in the control room. Right. It's only, a ha- only two or three. So, uh, you know, they're the only people that could have that heard it if, if it wasn't on the air. So a lot of intrigue going on over there this morning, I would imagine. Yeah, well, I imagine we'll hear from him at some point, right? Yeah, He'll probably. tell us what exactly happened. But he is a stellar human being isn't he like a pastor or something like that. he was i think yeah yeah. i I mean this guy what could it be said yeah i mean really
1: (laughs) (laughs) he's a pastor a former pastor whatever yeah all right thanks joe uh speaking of joe we'll talk with or hear from another joe joe malisi who is our resident movie critic the big movie of the weekend was guardians of the galaxy and here is joe's review
2: today this edition of cinema in 60 seconds is out of this world Today we're reviewing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. This movie was one of the best things that Marvel has ever put out. It was the perfect ending to the Guardians trilogy, with all the action, drama, and amazing soundtracks that I could have wanted. However, I don't think it means that Marvel is back, because the mind behind this movie, James Gunn, is making his move over to DC. So honestly, I'm more excited to see what he does there than the future of Marvel. This movie is exclusively in theaters, and I definitely recommend seeing it there before waiting for it to come out on streaming. I'm Joe Malisi with Cinema in 60 Seconds.
1: By the way, you can see clips of the movie and a video of Joe's review by going over to wabcradio.com. 554, let's catch up on some of the biggest headlines of the morning. A strange story out of Queens over the weekend. A man shoots at an off-duty NYPD cop and his parents as they're outside of a 7-Eleven, the 36-year-old off-duty cop is with his uh, father, his mother, and someone just starts shooting at them. Thankfully, uh, none of them were hurt. Lots of eyewitnesses, though. This looked
3: like a hit. I heard two loud noises, and they didn't sound like a car. Sound like that has to be gunshots, even though I've never heard gunshots before because they're very loud and percussive. And that's it. Officers should be safe, too, just as much as the citizens out here should be safe. So
1: the shooter apparently fired twice at the passenger side window. The glass shattered. That's where the officer was injured. Nobody hit by the bullets. The gunman then got into a gray Toyota Sienna and
3: drove off. Turn yourself in because you're going to make it harder on yourself. They're going to hunt you down. Simple as that. Simple as that. You're in New York City. You shoot at an off-duty cop. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to go down. There's no questions asked.
1: So lots of people asking, is this random or is this sort of like the Ken Rosado story where there's more to the story? Well, the good news here is the officer and both of his parents are A-OK. They have not caught up with the gunmen. The other big story of course here in New York is the busloads of migrants from the Texas border continue to roll into the Port Authority. New York City public advocate Jamani Williams had been on hand to welcome some of those
3: buses. Last time I was here the difference, one of the differences is there's a lot more kids a lot more babies, a lot more families.
1: New York City gonna now turn the iconic roosevelt hotel into a processing center for the migrants the shuttered hotel which has been closed since the pandemic will be used as temporary housing a member of this organization that's called project russo says the the hotel will be used to process migrants that end up there and they think that's a good idea
5: i'm excited about the intake center because it will help families meet a, a, a number of essential immediate needs all in one place right when they arrive.
1: So the Roosevelt now uh, Hotel now opening 175 rooms, but they plan to open another 675 rooms later this week. And that's of outrage over where some of the migrants are going. In one case, uh, it is three different schools across uh, Brooklyn and Queens, and some parents want to know who these migrants are that might be sharing a building with their kids. These are
2: young children there, so no one wants to take a chance with their child. When you bring people over, you have to have a better um, place for them to be. Yes,
1: yeah, so uh, one, it's going to be uh, men, migrant men, who are going to be in a standalone gym. This is PS 188. And parents there say, oh, we want to know who these migrants are that might be sharing a building with our kids, which seems like a very fair question. We
6: don't know what kind of disease they have. There's a COVID already. He wants to help people, but it's not the safe way. I tell him take it to
2: Gracie Mansion. Mayor Mayor Adams is is taking this thing a little too far.
1: Yeah, I don't think uh, he's going to open up Gracie Mansion to the migrants, but that's not a terrible idea. There's a lot of room there.